to give myself a reason to go. And then a lot of it was borrowing from things that I experienced. Well, I want to be a different father than I was. I'm like, well, I'm never going to be a father if I keep going down this path. Like, who's going to choose this train wreck, right? And I was like, well, what would it look like? I'm like, well, you know what? Let's start taking care of myself. Let's start doing this. And, and it's been this constant choice to never be stagnant. And when met with the situation from a place of love, no fault, no blame, no guilt, no shame, finding meaning in that one moment. They say that life is full of opportunities, right? So why are so many of us dreading getting out of bed to face another day? I know what that's like. My life was full of conflict, stress, failure, and fear. When I got cancer for the second time, my choice was simple, change or die. Today, I love waking up. I love my life. I love owning my own business that is helping people learn and grow. So how do you unlock that kind of transformation in your life? Let's discover the answers together as we hear from ordinary people like you and me and their extraordinary success stories. My name is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Welcome everyone to our show today. I have someone that I'm just so thrilled to be on the show today and to share his absolutely phenomenal story that is just going to blow your mind because I, I heard his story and I was just like, okay, this guy, I want to have him on my show. So today we have George Bryant and he is a New York times bestselling author. He's a podcast host of one of the most highly sought after digital marketing consultants in the world. He teaches his relationship beat algorithm approach to businesses. He helps hundreds of the largest companies in the world and thousands of entrepreneurs authentically scale their businesses by deepening their relationships with their customers and creating transformational breakthroughs that help them accomplish their goals. He believes a company's financial success is directly dependent on the amount of value they share before and after a purchase. Business is about relationships and touch points. The companies who put relationships before transformations win. That is a relationship beat algorithm approach. So George, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a gift. I appreciate it and I'm honored. Wow. So uh, we were kind of talking behind the scenes uh, before this, but the relationship algorithms that you were talking about, of course, we want to dive deep into that. But before we get into that, because we know you didn't start there. <laughs> Share with us a little bit of your background. Tell us, tell us about you. Where'd you come from? What, where? You mean the, uh, the 13 year overnight success? Yeah, right? yeah. there you and, go. And technically more of when did I, I started leadership? I joined the Marine Corps in 2002. And so I'd say my leadership training started then. So I'm 20 years into this game. And it's like, I was like, how'd you get here? I'm like, it was overnight. It was, it was overnight. Like I just woke up one day and I was here. Um, <laughs> and, and I love it. And you know, it's interesting. Every time somebody reads my bio, uh, I love to say this. And I was like, I love that you read that, but none of those things are who I am. And I think that that's the most important part. And, and to give some context and, and to respect the time of your show, I'll give the, I'll give the elevator version. So everybody has a, a good frame of like what it looks like and how I got here. So I grew up 
in Massachusetts and, and I was, uh, I say this now, I was blessed to grow up in, a, in an environment, in a home that gave me a lot of resiliency, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse. I was homeless at 13, 14. I started working at 12. I had to support myself all through high school, was in social services and eventually emancipated myself, which they denied. So I forged my parents' signature and I joined the Marine Corps. So the moment I could get out, I got out and I ended up spending 13 years of my life on active duty in the Marine Corps, three combat deployments. Um, I almost lost both my legs in 2005. They said I'd never walk again. They wanted to amputate them. I didn't like that answer. And so I told them to F off lightly. And I ended up coming back doing an Ironman, tying a world record, and then spent nine more years on active duty with two more combat deployments. And then after the last one, I got blown up one too many times. And so I had seven concussions and seven traumatic brain injuries in a, in a two year period. And I was luckily blessed when I was in Afghanistan that I, I started really caring about my health and my wellness because I'd lost my dad to metastatic brain and lung cancer. And I, I'd witnessed so much death in my life. And I realized that I was on a similar path. I was abusing opiates because of all the pain. I was bulimic for 15 years of my life due to the sexual abuse. And, and I luckily found paleo of all things in 2008 or 2009. And I started changing the way I was eating uh, in Afghanistan. And I started training differently and, and, and really taking care of my body and my health. And I realized I had celiac disease, which kind of came out of nowhere. And I started feeling better and emotionally feeling better from eating clean. And so I knew that when I came home from Afghanistan, if I didn't change something, I was just going to die. And I came home and I was like, I'm going to teach myself how to cook, but I need accountability. So I documented it all on the internet. And so this was back in 2009. I had to make a fake college email address to get a Facebook account. I got a Facebook account to make a Facebook page. And then I started posting the recipes that I was making every day. And fast forward 18 months, and that led to people wanting more, me creating a blog that I didn't know how to do. And I kind of self-taught all of it. And then the Marine Corps was like, hey, it's been fun. We're kicking you out. Have a good life. And I went from having a retirement plan and and benefits and everything to nothing. And so entrepreneurship, I fell onto by accident and I just kept doing what I did. And, and I'll never forget that I made a rule when I, when I did all this and I started, I was like, well, if I'm doing this for myself, if anybody ever comments or emails me, I'm going to respond to everyone. And I did that for two years and I gave away free recipes and I taught people how to cook. And, and it eventually led to somebody saying, Hey, uh, you should make an ebook. I'm like, what the heck's an ebook? And they're like, you take your recipes and you save them into a book. And I was like, well, why would I do that? They're on the website. They're like convenience. And so funny story, I made an ebook and then I just emailed it to them. And they're like, why did you send it to me? I'm like, cause you asked for it. And they're like, no, no, I wanted to pay you for it. And I was like, why would, like, you what? why would you pay me for something that's free? And they're like, convenience. Like you should upload it to this website called ClickBank and charge $37. And then, uh, I had the unfortunate pleasure of my first ever product making a million dollars in 2011, 2012. And um, I say unfortunate pleasure because I knew nothing. I didn't keep any of it. And then I was met with a $250,000 tax bill and I'd never made that in 10 years of my life, never mind being able to pay it in taxes. And so I learned some hard lessons as an entrepreneur very early. And that happened due to the ability for me to build relationships with people. And so I ended up getting on the Marine Corps and becoming a food blogger. And I became one of the biggest paleo food bloggers in the world in a matter of two years, like 5 million visitors a month. That turned around and led to me launching an actual book. I became a 22-week New York Times bestseller. And then that led to me launching an app. 
I made an app. It became the number one app in the world, featured by Apple as the top health app of 2015. My goodness. All while my soul was dying. And my business was where I hid. I was still bulimic. I was still gaslighting people. I had never dealt with the trauma of watching people die, killing people, seeing my friends get killed, my childhood trauma. Like I just kept hiding and hiding and hiding. And eventually I was on every TV show in the world, doing a book tour, doing everything you can imagine. And I was completely miserable, more suicidal than I'd ever been. And I ended up back in the hospital uh, for attempting to take my life. And um, it was after that moment that I realized things had to change, but it didn't change overnight. Uh, It was about two years of deep, deep depression and darkness. My wife was raising our children alone. We were separated because she couldn't be around me. I was a monster. And eventually I left. I went to the jungle. I spent seven days in silence. And uh, it was the first time I did anything for myself. And I realized that I couldn't run that company anymore. And it wasn't who I was. And so I came back and in 24 hours, I gave a seven figure company away as a Christmas present. I didn't sell it. I didn't do anything. I called somebody I knew and I asked them if they'd take it. I transferred the entire corporation, the bank accounts, everything. And I walked away. I deleted social media. I changed my phone number. I changed my email address and I disappeared for three years. And in that time, the few people close to me had realized what I had done. And I had a few people with the relationships I built started calling me and asking me for help. Like, how did you do this? How did you do this? And for three years, I was kind of hiding behind the scenes and I was building some of the world's biggest companies by teaching them how to care about people and how to care about their customers and how that was scaling. And finally hit a point where my wife's like, hey, you know, you're doing incredible and you're kind of amazing and you talk a lot. I think it's time you go back on the internet because you need an outlet and I can't handle it anymore. And you need to go help people because it's on your heart and it's there. And I I grown a lot as a person. And so I came out of the woodwork and everyone's like, where have you been? And then I started telling them like, wait, you built that company. You did that. You sold that. You consulted that. You launched that book. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I've been doing. Cause you know, that company that worked The thing that worked was caring about people, even when I couldn't care about myself. And I got to start teaching the principles that I had used for years to some of the world's biggest companies. And I'm talking Vital Proteins, Onnit, Titleist, TaylorMade, Adidas, Men's Health, professional sports teams, celebrities. And and I was the wizard of Oz behind their curtain. And I was helping them all build and scale and nobody knew how. And then they started realizing it. And I realized that I could change the current paradigm around business, that I could be that guy that would push relationships over algorithms and, and can really care about helping people. And, you know, that was back in 2017, 18 is when I came back out into the world. And then I basically dedicated my life to helping entrepreneurs who actually care to not fall into the trap of crappy marketing and and bullshit business practices and transactions and caring about humanity and trying to put the heart back into business. And that's been my life's work. It's my mission. It's what I stand for. And that brings us to today. And, you know, I'm doing the, the short version because of the length of your show, but that's now I own, I don't know, eight companies, nine companies. I'm responsible for $4 billion companies. I have one of my own that's going to hit a hundred million this year. Uh, I own seven or eight brands all organically doing anywhere from five to 15 million a year. And I spend all my time giving away everything I know for free to help other people make a difference and get a positive impact. And now I just get to live in my dream. I hide in Montana with my family and happiness. And uh, I spend my time on the internet serving entrepreneurs, doing events, podcasts, consulting, and things that I can do to empower entrepreneurs to deepen their love affair with their customers, which by default 
deepens their love affair with themselves and helps them live in their purpose and be aligned. And so that's kind of the short elevator version while skimming over, you know, the trauma and. Yeah. Yeah. We did skim over a lot. So, so your life started out just beautiful and so much going on just even at the beginning of your life up until it was at 12 that you got your first job you said yeah 12 yeah I mean I was I was born I, I I lived the first eight weeks of my life in an incubator recovering from drugs oh my goodness that's right I had forgotten about that part yeah wow so I mean George, you have started out like your journey at the very beginning, just your breath, you know, being able to breathe and, and uh, do normal functions on your own. You have had challenges your whole life. Mm-hmm. How in the world did you use that? And I can see how you love to serve people. I mean, I could just see it in your eyes. You just want to serve. You just want to give back. You just want to do things for other people. But how do you get to that point when you have had so much trauma in your own life? Like I've talked to so many people and they have a lot of trauma. That's the hardest part is mm-hmm. getting past our own stuff. Mm-hmm. I think now, I mean, obviously I'm 39 years old. And so looking back, it's really easy to articulate in the moment. Mm-hmm. It felt like I was walking in darkness for four or five years. And I think you know, there's a lot of critical points. Um, One of them was when I attempted to take my life and I attempted to overdose. And I mean, I took a enough medication to kill a horse and I woke up the next day feeling fine. And, uh, and that was the day that I realized that number one, I didn't really want to die. And I sure as shit didn't want to die slowly, but I also didn't know what I wanted to do. But that moment kind of closed that door. And I'd say for about four or five years after that, I was just willing to be messy. I I didn't hide it. I didn't lie about it. I was honest. I was struggling. It was bad. It was hard. I mean, I've probably spent close to $2 million on therapy alone. And I've done everything you can imagine. I've done EMDR, CBT, cognitive processing therapy, prolonged exposure, breath work, silent retreats, plant medicine, MDMA-assisted psychotherapy, psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy, ketamine. I mean, I've done everything that you can imagine. And now looking back at it, what I realized was one of the secrets was willing to coexist with the darkness and not having be my identity. Like I'm not held to the story or the circumstance and, and even even in life today, when I'm hit with blows or big things like, you know, during COVID, when all that started, I mean, I lost multiple seven figures in about 45 days and I lost it all again due to no, no fault of my own. And once again, I was met with, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And, and, and I think one of the big defining moments that came to me was I was asking the wrong question because I kept asking myself, what do I want to do? And I never asked myself, who do I want to be? Wow. I love that. And it was, I want to be, it was about three years ago that I started to get it where all the work, all the therapy, all the, everything collapsed into that moment. Mm -hmm. I realized I was asking the wrong questions because what I want to do keeps me where I am at the current level of understanding and belief who I want to be asks, what can I do differently or what do I want it to look like? And what's one thing I can do every day to get there? And what my wife tells me 
as I'm open to receiving gifts from the feminine this year, being one of my mantras is my resiliency is she's like, you grow faster than anybody I've ever met. And I was like, well, it took me a long time to realize that the level of my trauma doesn't have to match the level of my healing. Meaning just because I suffered for 33 years is what it felt like. Doesn't mean I have to suffer for 33 more to get better. It can be a moment. It can be a choice. It can be a breath. It can be a, it can be step. It can be a walk. It can be a phone call. It can be a self-love letter. It can be an embodiment practice. It can be anything. I mean, the amount of energy healers that I have in my life would blow your mind, but I have about 20 of you in my speed dial. I talk to every week and they just like, keep me on the path and notice here it's boom, boom, boom. But it was, it was my willingness to say, I'm not happy where I am and I have no idea where I want to go. But if I ask myself, who do I want to be 30 days from now? What's one thing that I can do today, even if it takes 30 seconds, that if I do it is guaranteed to move me one step closer, even if I don't know where that direction is. And so that was kind of how I did it. And I realized that I've made it through things that humans should never make it through or experience. But the one thing that I always had is that I never stopped walking forward. And even when I felt like I wasn't, I still was because I was analyzing if I was or not, which means I wasn't being stagnant. I wasn't beating myself up. And so I've gone through all of it. hundred pound swings. Either way, I was 265 at my heaviest weight at 5'7". And I was all the way down to like 145 at my lowest, which is not healthy either way. Right. But it was in those moments when I got there, there was always this point where I was like, oh, this isn't it. This isn't it. This doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like me well, what would it look like if it did? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Who do I want to be? And when I ask myself, who do I want to be? The next question is, why is it so important to give myself a reason to go? And then a lot of it was borrowing from things that I experienced. Well, I want to be a different father than I was. I'm like, well, I'm never going to be a father if I keep going down this path. Like, who's going to choose this train wreck, right? And I was like, well, what would it look like? I'm like, well, you know what? Let's start taking care of myself. Let's start doing this. And, And it's been this constant choice to never be stagnant and when met with the situation from a place of love no fault no blame no guilt no shame finding meaning in that one moment that one moment even if my self-forgiveness lasted for 30 seconds in that 30 seconds what could I do with it to move forward to then increase my capacity next time or increase my range next time and I realized that a lot of humanity like the human experience we're only born with two fears falling and loud noises. Everything else is a trained behavior. So it's easy to look at it like it's a muscle. And I was like, well, if these muscles have been trained to perform this way, how do I train them the other way? And I was like, well, if I've never run, I'm not going to go run a marathon tomorrow. I'm going to die. And so what's the one thing I can do every day to train a new muscle, have a positive affirmation, put a sticky note on my window that says you're beautiful, that you're loved, that you're blank, uh, you know, drink water, replace one meal and whatever the modality was, as I've always had this proclivity born out of my survival, both in my childhood and in combat to where, when you freeze, you die. Mm. And so it's That's fine. the key right there. When you freeze, you die. So you're talking about having momentum moving forward. So I love that you shared this because Some people think that you have to just move mountains to be able to do that. And it doesn't have to be that way. It could be one simple little thing 
Yep. As long as you're moving forward. Yep. And I think that's the key. That's what you've done your whole life. So when you see that you've gotten stagnant, at least that's what I'm seeing by what you've shared. It's like, okay, what do I need to do now? I can't stay here. Don't want to be here. So let's just start moving forward. Find something I can do. That is the key. And so thank you. Thank you for sharing that because I think that will help so many people. Yeah, of course. So now that you're, you know, you've gotten, and, and, and I love that you shared the part about it doesn't, even though you went through 30 years of trauma, doesn't mean you have to go through 30 years of healing. That is beautiful as well, because so many people don't realize it's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's a choice. We can decide to get better today if we really want to, mm -hmm. and, and just do things like you did to move forward. So what is, um, there's always one thing that I share with my viewers, my listeners, excuse me. Um, and that is, what is that one thing? If you could say, this is what I did that propelled me forward and helped me accomplish the goals that I set out because everything you've done, you've achieved, like you've set out to do these things and you've probably soared more than you even realized that you were planning on, you know, like you said, with your, your book, your paleo and, and mm -hmm. just, it just happened. Yep. But you were creating relationships, which is part of what you've learned. Yep. So, so if you could narrow that down and I know you probably have multiple things you do, but is oh, no, no, there's one thing. Is there's there? One. Okay. Share with us, please. Yeah. And I think, um, one, one, footnote to what you wrapped when I said before is that the question of what do I do different? The most important part of that is not asking from a place of where I am now, like fault, blame, guilt, shame. It's where do I want to go from a place of possibility, which, which sometimes it takes time to sit with or time to ask or, you know, do it. And which leads me into this answer. You know, one of, one of my taglines now, right? Because I, I say I help entrepreneurs deepen their love affair with their customers, right? That's what I do, right? And in that, they make millions, billions. I mean, I've had two companies exit for a billion, right? That I've been a part of. And in that, I, this is my favorite part. They're like, oh yeah, what that mean? I'm like, nobody has a marketing problem. Everybody has a relationship problem. Mm. With themselves, their team, and their customers informed in that order. And so the answer to your question is what is the one thing? And it was my willingness to be in a relationship with myself, distant from the outside world. Wow. And so. That's so profound. The one thing that I realized, and I say this now, and I say it so nonchalantly because I've been doing this for so long, mm -hmm. but literally in the world that we live in, it is designed for us to neglect the one relationship that we're guaranteed to have for the rest of our life, whether we like it or not. And that's with ourselves. Everything is about distraction, consumption, more, 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 which are all forms of disconnecting us from who we are. Yes. So the number one thing, and it took me pain and loss and suffering to get there. But if I came back to what it was every single time, it was a willingness for me to actually nurture a relationship with myself. Yeah. And I can feel your passion about that. Like I can almost see that emotion that's like right at the surface. Like you yeah. really feel and, and a really, I mean, this is a deep connection with you yeah. to be able to do these things that you're doing and, and to get back to yourself. And 
definitely that is the key. I mean, it all starts with us. And, and just like you did, you went out and you served everybody else, but it wasn't, I mean, yes, that's fulfilling to help people, but you had to realize it, it all comes back to me. Well, that's what happened. The reason I built a seven figure brand I had to walk away from is because I was hiding from the real work by doing it for everybody else. And, and really you were lying to though. I mean, you, you said everybody. you had, were bulimic and you had all these other issues everybody. and nobody knew it. Nobody knew it. And what I realized though, is that I created a container to hold me accountable to my potential. I just didn't like the consequences of doing it that way, which meant I had to walk away and give it away. Yeah. What yeah. I found is that, you know, it, it can be confusing. It can be scary. It can be, it can be all of those things, but it's never as scary once you take the step and, and it's simple. It's, it's not hard. Like, I mean, like this is the background of my phone. That's me at five years old. It hasn't changed in six years. The background of my iPhone is a picture of me at six years old to remind me to love the little boy, to mm. remember the wisdom and the innocence in that boy, even in the world that I was growing up in to find the humanity. I can't be mean to that little boy. My son is almost six years old and I couldn't say a thing bad. I couldn't raise my voice. I couldn't be short. Like it is physically impossible for me. And I was like, but notice how mine gets made bad and wrong all the time. And so I have not changed the background of my phone in six years. It is a picture of me missing all my front teeth at five years old, six years old as a reminder to come back to it. And, you know, we're surrounded by all the adages, the personal development stuff, the, the, the psychology stuff, the consciousness stuff, the, all of it, but there's only so much shelf help that you can take. And at the end of the day, a relationship with yourself means intentionally nurturing it and watering it like you would your spouse or your kids. And that means no distraction, no world, just you and you. And, and I remember it started at a minute a day of like, just sitting in stillness, like, no phone, no music, no nothing, but like Jared, and I remember it took months for me to be able to sit for one minute with no judgment, none of like just being there and being witness. And now I have like some days I sit for four hours in stillness and I just like love every minute of it. Time collapses and I'm like exploring, you know, thoughts and ideas and joy. And, and like, even with my students, like all of my students, whether they're my one-on-ones, my private clients, my business partners, my mastermind students, everybody that one of the things that I like require them to do is they have to have a daily commitment to a, t- to a t- stillness practice. They have to literally go in and they have to go in and they have to go in and they have to go in because it's a muscle. And just okay. like if you get married and you move out a day later, your marriage doesn't exist 12 months down the road, screw it, a month down the road. Well, yours is the same way. And it always has to come from within. And, and, and I am passionate about it because I almost died one too many times and I suffered for people not to suffer. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to me that the world that we live in is so good at, at marketing and consumption and disconnection that we literally live in a world that convinces us that the worst thing we could do is have a relationship with ourselves because that's a position of power. And in that position of power, you're unmanipulated. You can't be changed. You can't be coerced because you're connected to you, connected to your power, you're connected to your essence, and you're willing to have conversations or a cup of coffee with the shadows, right? Like I've done a lot of shadow work. I've done a lot of those. And I mean, even the world, oh, don't feel that way. I'm like, don't feel that way. Like express it, dance with it, be a part of it. Like those are the parts of you that are so amazing. And yeah, it's it's huge for me. But I, I think 
what really, really did it for me is that I did all this therapy. I did all this work. I had all these accolades, the wins, the losses, and I collected it all in my brain, but I never put it into practice. And what's so crazy to me is how simple growth is and how fast it can happen with the willingness to actually do the work and not keep consuming the work. And so yes, that, yes. That, not doing the busy work, but doing the inner work. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And like, and everyone's like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, right now, whatever you're doing right now, if as long as you're not driving, I just want you to close your eyes, put your hand on your heart and take a four second inhale through your nose and a four second exhale and do it twice. And you just did the work. Mm-hmm. You actually just did the work. That's the work. It's bringing you back to you, whether it's noticing your breath or the sensation in your body or that, that feeling that you're having or the anxiety that you have. Like I tell my students all the time, like I have anxiety. I'm like, anxiety is energy that lacks clarity. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's just anxiety that lacks, it's energy that lacks clarity. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you ever been on a roller coaster? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, how did it feel? And they start telling me about the feeling, right? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, you ever almost been in a car accident or been in one? They're like, yeah. I'm like, tell me about the feeling. And they're like, oh, it's the same. Like, of course it is. It's the context that changes the relationship with it. Your anxiety is no different. Your feelings are no different. And I think what's so powerful is we've forgotten that the number one doctor that we have is our body. It doesn't lie to us. It's tired when it needs attention. It hurts and aches when it needs you to pay attention to it. It tells you when it's hungry. It tells you when you have to pee. But what we only listen to is the biological function. Like I have to pee or poop or go to bed. But during the day, we have been trained and conditioned that if we feel it, ignore it, push it down and keep going. And I was like, cool. Well, when your check engine light comes on and you ignore it, let me know when AAA comes to get you because it's going to break down. It is. And so I think the most important part for me is that understanding that the practice isn't like going to sit on a mountaintop or meditate or like, you know, do breath work for 20 hours. I'm like, set an alarm on your phone that every hour you put your hand on your heart and you take one breath, set an alarm on your phone for every four hours, you go for a five minute walk with no phone and go look at nature, you know, put a bubble bath on with no phone. And I want you to touch every part of your body, touch each one of your toes and say, thank you touch the tops, the bottoms of your feet, your shins, your knees, your thighs, and like give gratitude to the vessel that allows you to live this life. And the one in 400 trillion chance that you had to get here. And then thank it for being here, whether it's tattered or beat up or bruised. I mean, my body is broken and it's so alive at the same time. And it's gotten me to this point. And it's, it's, it's that simple for me. And it's crazy to think about the amount of time and years and energy that I wasted, but I needed to go through those experiences. I needed to have that perspective. I needed to experience that range and, and that stuff to realize that I had it all in me the entire time and nobody else could get me home. Only I could get me home. And and it was the birth of my son. It was, it was the, oh, here it comes. It was the birth of my son. Mm -hmm. Where I got to witness everything come to fruition, where I realized that even though I wasn't out, my son was going to grow up in a very different world than I ever did. And I broke generational trauma in an instant. And then I've watched him and I've reparented myself at every single year. And he's five and I'm reliving those memories and those things. But it's just this willingness to be in it, whatever it feels like, whatever it looks like. Some people call it messy. Some people call it authentic. They're like, you cry on video, you cry on podcasts. Like, you tell us how you feel. I'm like, because that's my real experience. Like, that's me honoring who I am. Who you are. Mm-hmm. 
And the more that we do that, the easier it gets. And I was like, it only gets hard when we deny our truth. We deny our existence when we deny the gifts that we were given, because there's a reason you feel it. There's a reason you think it, there's a reason you consume it. There's a reason it happens and it's up to us to give that meaning, but it always requires being connected to the person that it's happening to, which is always us. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, your, your traumas that you had, you had a lot with your dad. You didn't really talk a lot about that. Um, oh. but I know that there were multiple things that happened with your dad. And so I can see as you're in that dad role and have a young son, just like you were, yep. how that dynamics would just be so strong, yeah. so strong, yeah. but you know, kudos to you for, you know, doing the work doing the things that you needed to do to be a better dad and to do the things that you needed to, to, to make sure that your son is raised in a good environment. And I just, I commend you for that. So well, thank you. No, of course. And, and I think too, is like, before I had a kid, I did it with my staff. I did it with my customers. I did it in any capacity that would allow me to practice something different. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about the world we live in and the technology that a lot of us make wrong or right is that it gives us the ability to hyper-connect and practice. Yeah. And so it's not about just my kids. It's about who do I want to be? I'm like, well, what would it look like? I'm like, oh, it's compassion. I'm like, well, how can I have compassion every day? Like, it's a muscle. I actually used to own the domain, the compassionmuscle.com because it was a big joke, but we were going to launch something with it. But it was, it's a muscle. It has to be trained. And I think that that's like one of the most beautiful things is that yeah, I had a call with my mastermind earlier and we were talking about marketing and messaging and, and tools and things. And I was like, you guys realize that We all have everything the same, same amount of time, same amount of access to money, same amount of access to information and resources. And the only thing that makes us truly different is us. And I was like, and it's the one thing that we typically neglect over everything. Something's broken. We go out, not in. Something wins. We give credit, not here, right? Like it's, it's this thing. And and so it's just a muscle. It's just a muscle. And, And I think it's, it's huge that we practice it and it's simple and it's real but I also love talking to entrepreneurs because I ask them who they idolize. Who do you idolize? Who do you look up to? And about 99% of the times I can take it and show them their story arc about the only thing that correlated to their success is the more success they got was correlated to the deeper relationship and time they spent alone. And you can look at it happen, right? It's morning routines. It's buying my time back. Yes. It's, it's, it's directly correlated. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. My morning routines are like my ritual. Like I, if I don't get that in, I just feel like lost sometimes, you know, I have to rush throughout my day and, and then, ah, I just, I, so I can totally relate with that. I just am so grateful that you shared all of this today. I'm so grateful for the message that you left us with of getting back to yourself Mm -hmm. and it all stems back to that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for sharing your story. So I know that others are going to want to know, how do I get a hold of this guy? Like, you know, where can I reach him at? So tell us where we can find out more about you. Yeah. So this is probably, I don't know, I've been interviewed over 3000 times. So you're in one of two camps. You're either in the camp of like, this dude is woo woo. I want nothing to do with him. He's not my slice of crazy. <laughs> That's okay. If you're in the other camp, Two best places. Number one, if you just want to consume more, I, I do help entrepreneurs. I give away all my best stuff for free on my podcast. It's called the Mind of George Show. My website is mindofgeorge.com. It's on it's all a phenomenal the phenomenal show too. I've checked it out. It's very awesome. You. Yeah, we do two episodes a week, and I have one rule. 
I hold nothing back, which means most people charge you for it. I give it away for you for free because it matters and it makes a difference. Um, so that's my podcast. And then the second part is that I like to do this every single time that if I said anything or triggered anything, or you feel anything, or you want clarification on anything, you have direct access to me. So my team posts on my social media, but I run my DMs. So if you DM me on Instagram, it will come to me personally and I will respond within 24 hours. So if you need anything, if you have a question, if you need clarity, if you need a book recommendation, if you're like, holy moly, what does that look like? I'd rather you DM me and ask me directly so I can give it and tailor it to you and see if I can support. So my Instagram is it's George Bryant, I-T-S-G-E-O-R-G-E-B-R-Y-A-N-T. And that is an open invitation. And I will say this, if you don't ask, you can't receive. And so if it's on your heart, if that triggered, if that rung a bell, send me a DM and please give me the option to say yes or support or guide or introduce or, or make a recommendation because this work matters and it's what I believe in. And, and I would love the opportunity to support you. George, thank you again. That was beautiful. And I appreciate you doing that for all of my listeners. Of course. This has been such a delight. And I know you have touched so many through your story, through your message and through what you're doing in this world. So thank you. Thank you again. I appreciate you being here. This is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a review now, and I will give you a free download of my blessed morning. This is something that is worth so much. It's what I use to get past my past, if you know what I mean. Until our next show, Thank you again for joining us. This is Donna Gammon, and this is Power to Grow.